Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. During your job search, you'll likely encounter positions or companies that you discover are not a good fit for you after you've already started the interview process. If you change your mind about moving forward, it's important to let the employer know, as they've likely invested some time and resources into interviewing and potentially hiring you. More and more frequently, employers are being ghosted by job seekers, meaning that candidates are blowing off scheduled interviews or accepting offers and then vanishing without notice. In an age where networking is easier than ever, you might want to rethink that approach. The employer you ghosted could turn up to haunt you later in the job search or even years down the road. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Nora Lyles, a recruiter with Orion. Nora will discuss the reasons why candidates are ghosting, negative implications of ghosting, and how to handle specific job seeker scenarios in a professional manner. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for future podcasts, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Nora. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Megan. So good to be here. Yeah, so I know you've been a guest several times now, and of course, you're a key player on our recruiting team, but for the listeners who've not had a chance to work with you yet or maybe have not heard the previous podcast, can you just give a quick introduction about your background and what you do here at Orion? Absolutely. So my name is Nora Lyles. I am one of the recruiters here at Orion Talent. I've been with Orion for um, about seven and a half years now. I am part of the Virginia Beach office. I primarily focused on um, military officer recruiting and also degreed NCOs. My primary territory is Virginia all the way up to Maine, the Northeast, but uh, I've been fortunate enough where I've been able to also help uh, with recruiting needs across the country as well. So that's, that's it. That's great. Well, it's always good to have you. And of course, based on your background, that kind of leads us into why you would be a expert on this topic, because obviously you work with candidates every day. So um, the topic that we're going to be talking about today is ghosting. So some of our candidates that are maybe in the dating game right now and are on all these different dating apps or even just going on dates, they are probably familiar with this term because I feel like it has been around for a while, just not so much for the job market. So can you tell us a little bit about ghosting? Like what's the definition of it? Yeah, absolutely. So for me as a recruiter, the way I describe ghosting is just a new trend where um, candidates for some reason go on interviews and accept job offers and never report to work or just you lose contact with, with candidates all of a sudden. So it's pretty much lack of contact with um, with job seekers or potential candidates or, or accepting offers and not really reporting to work or not showing up to, to work after you accept the position. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's a new trend. And, you know, another thing, just to add to the ghosting, what you said is exactly correct. And I know another thing about it is um, accepting a position and you do show up, but then you kind of quit without giving a notice. So that's sort of part of it too. And I know since you said that it's a trend, I know we've heard a lot about this at Orion, especially in the recent months, and I saw an article on USA Today that says that some businesses report 20 to 50% of job applicants no-show their first interview or their first day on the job. So that's a pretty high number. I think that would be surprising to any candidate. Maybe 
some people are listening and they think, oh, I would never do that. But there are a number of factors that contribute to why people do it ultimately. Typically, I don't think it's out of being um, necessarily rude or, you know, unprofessional. I think it really is just the lack of experience. But, you know, related to that USA Today article, they also mentioned that the rate of professionals quitting their jobs hit a record high in March. So back to what I said about the ghosting also being people that accept a position and then they just quit without notice. It's something that we're seeing a lot now. So based on your experience or just in your opinion, why are candidates ghosting? Well, I think, you know, part of it, and then the main reason is, is um, the low unemployment numbers. You know, we uh, unemployment is at an all-time low right now, and we're seeing that. So there's definitely increased competition. So candidates right now are job seekers. They have a lot more options and a lot more job offers than they used to, you know, a couple of years ago due to the um, state of the economy. And so that's definitely good news for job seekers. But on the other hand, unfortunately, for, for companies, you know, if they don't make strong offers, they're going to miss out on these candidates who have a lot of options to choose from. So I, I think because candidates and job seekers have a lot of options right now to choose from, like I said, um, they may accept the position just as a safety net, but they will continue looking for other positions. Now, of course, you know, because it's embarrassing to commit to a company and you give them your word, but then you decide you're going to work for something else. I think instead of them communicating directly with the company, they just choose to avoid, um, you know, the pressure of, of confrontation and they may just choose to ghost on a company or not show up to work or, or whatsoever. So I really think that's, that's the driving force is the low unemployment rate and the, you know, healthy economy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's great for candidates that the unemployment rate is so low, but, you know, because of that, it doesn't mean that you throw professionalism out the window because you still want to make sure that you're not going to do anything that's going to put you in a bad light should you ever want to interview with that company again. I mean, you're better off being remembered as the person who turned down the offer than the person who accepted the offer and then never showed up and they weren't able to get in contact with you because at that point they have invested their time in you and, you know, energy. And it's just, it's not professional to go completely dark and not respond to them. So I definitely agree with all the things that you mentioned there. Now, I think one thing I said earlier that um, I didn't hear you mention is just the, a, a lot of times this is something that companies have done to candidates. So whether or not a candidate's looking at it like, oh, I'm going to do this to them, it doesn't matter because they've done it to me. I don't know if that's necessarily the thought process, but I think subconsciously it's kind of a well-known fact that, you know, employers, they're not always concerned about doing the best thing by you. It's more about their bottom line and what works out for them as a company. So while I don't think a candidate is typically sitting there thinking, you know, oh, they've done it to me, I'm going to do it back to them, or another company's done it to me. I think that could be a contributing factor. It's just that that's kind of the culture that, you know, we've all kind of grown up with, and that's kind of been the state of the economy where we need the jobs more than they need us, and now it's kind of like the shoes on the other foot. Exactly. I mean, you see it, and I understand that, um, you know, most of recruiters and and, uh, HR reps and companies, they have a lot to do. So, you know, oftentimes it may take them a a while, a a few days or a few weeks or sometimes even months to get back in touch with a candidate, which, of course, you know, for, for you as a candidate, you may not see it from 
from their shoes, you know, that they have a lot to do. They have a lot of positions to cover and they have a lot of people to get in touch with. So they have their priorities. But again, you're correct. So most candidates, they assume that the company is not as interested in them due to the lack of contact or, or the lengthy process. So a lot of the times they may assume that, hey, it's okay, you know, if I just not show up to work or if I just, you know, bail out on the offer because the company didn't have the best process. So I think it goes both ways. So if you show the candidate that, you know, you really have um, their best interest and you really value your, their time and their effort and you're trying to make sure that they make the best professional decision, especially when they're looking for their next career, your return on the investment will be higher. You're likely going to develop a um, strong relationship with that job seeker and will likely show up to work and not back out on you. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's all about the relationships that you have with the hiring manager. So if a candidate has a strong relationship with that hiring manager and the recruiting team as a company, again, your chances of dealing with ghosting will be much, much less. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And that's something that we try to communicate not only with our job seekers, but with our companies as well, is that it is such a competitive market. And if you want the best candidates for your open positions, you really have to make sure that you are communicating with them throughout the process. So, you know, creating different touch points where you're getting in touch with them to say, even if it's something's taking longer, I mean, we know how things can sometimes get held up due to paperwork or other candidates in play. So even if it's just getting back to them and saying, hey, I know I told you I'd have an answer for you by this day, it's taking a little bit longer, at least with the employer keeping in touch with the candidate, they know that they're valued. And as you said, they're less likely to ghost once it comes time for the interview or their start date. 100%. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when candidates have a lot of options, they're not just weighing in, you know, how much the company is going to offer. Salary oftentimes is not the only decision point here. And, mm-hmm. and during the job search process, you know, when when, comp- when candidates have multiple offers, a lot of the times they look at the company, how the process went, the value and the appreciation that they, you know, they received and they felt during the process. And also, ultimately, you know, the, the career path, you know, growth potential and, and, you know, the industry and obviously how the company values their, their career interests and, and whatnot. So, you know, all of these factors actually play a major role in terms of, you know, how will the hiring process uh, play out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while it's an issue for both the candidates and also for the companies, I think right now we just want to focus on the candidate side, especially because, you know, the golden rule is something that we all kind of know in our personal lives, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. A lot of people don't necessarily carry that into business, but it definitely is the same thing. If you don't want an employer to ghost you, do not do that to them. So there are a lot of negative implications that can come from a candidate ghosting. I I mentioned earlier that if you ever potentially want to get a job with that same company or potentially even the hiring manager that you ghosted maybe move to another company and you interview with them and then they know your reputation from before. So can you talk about some of the implications of candidate ghosting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say the number one thing is professionalism. So especially in our industry here at Orion, I mean, companies reach out to us because they want to hire a military because of your commitment, because of your leadership experience, because of the values that you carry. So they're looking for, again, that somebody 
who committed to serving um, or made that commitment to serving our country. So they hope that you will be a long-term investment with this company as well. You know, somebody that will move up the ladder and grow with the company and will be there long-term. So just keep that in mind when you interview with the company. They're looking for your the professionalism that you bring to the table. So, you know, if you ghost on the company, again, just like you said, Megan, you know, just remember that it's a small world. And I have seen it many, many times where, you know, you're interviewing with a company and then, you know, let's say it's a company in the medical device industry, you ghost on that company. But guess what? If you come back down the road in two or three years and you're interviewing for a position again in the medical device industry, chances are you might be looking at the same company again, or you might come across the same people that you interviewed with in the first place. So it is really not hard to communicate directly with the hiring manager and respectfully, you know, negotiate an offer or decline an offer, but you can do it directly in a professional manner. You know, that will definitely be much more appreciated than ghosting. And again, keeping in mind that it's a small world and you may need a near career in the future. So keeping those contacts is definitely, and keeping those relationships well and alive is definitely much more effective than just, you know, walking away from a job offer. That might be, you know, your dream job. And also, you know, not you're not only burning down bridges, but you're also showing the company that you really don't value their time and their investment. You know, when hiring managers and when recruiters make the time to speak with you, to, you know, give you the time to, to come to interviews and also the financial investment. You know, a lot of these companies will probably bring you on site and take care of your travel and everything else. So all of these, you know, investments that they make, you're, you know, by just ghosting, you're showing them that, you really don't care, and, and that's not the way you probably want to be perceived. And people remember these things, and I'll tell you, a lot of recruiters have very sophisticated databases where they record everything in notes. So what you did today is probably recorded somewhere in a database, and it will still be there for years. So, you know, mm -hmm. just, just keep that in mind as well. Um, so, again, just, just make sure that you just, don't avoid communicating directly with hiring managers because doing things professionally is definitely much more effective than ghosting. And, and that's yeah, and one thing my that, advice. One, th mm -hmm. one thing that you mentioned that I think is a key here is that you likely are going to, it's a small world, you likely are going to, if not interview at that same company or interview with the same hiring manager, they all, all these recruiters are networked. And so you might interview with someone they know, like you said, it's a small world and chances are, especially if it's your first job out of the military and with the job market being in the state that it is right now, chances are you probably will be on the hunt for a new career within, you know, one, two years of accepting your initial position out of the military. That's just kind of the way things are these days. So if, if you are planning on, you know, pursuing different career opportunities, professionalism, whether it's showing up to interviews, showing up to your start date. It's just best to keep in mind that it will take you very far if people have a positive opinion about you, especially, like you said, the databases. A lot of companies track that very, very closely. Yeah, absolutely. I hate to call it that way, but you never want to be on a blacklist somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> exactly. that, and, and 
You know, I, I understand, and I've done some reading on this topic recently, and I do not recall the article, but I remember seeing it somewhere where some um, somebody did some research, and they said that ghosting is actually more of a trend with millennials than mm-hmm. any other age group, and it's pretty much the millennials' way of handling pressure. So when you know, obviously, when you look at the transition junior military officers, you know, again, the majority of them are millennials. And, you know, probably when we put so much pressure on a candidate to accept a job offer, you know, as a hiring manager, if, if you're going to give them a deadline, and there are several companies that are doing the same, and it's realistic, that's, that's part of the process. When you have a job offer, you typically have anywhere from two to five business days to make a decision on it. So again, that added pressure, you know, the way candidates respond to it, especially millennials, is now through ghosting. But again, it's just important to remember that, you know, there's no reason to hide. We're all humans at the end, and it just makes much more sense to just, you know, communicate. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's the disconnect right now. It's just, you know, so that's- handling pressure and maintaining healthy communications. Yeah, so that's good advice. And that kind of leads me to um, the next kind of series of questions is that, I wanted to give you a couple of scenarios and just see, because obviously there are different reasons why people ghost. And kind of like I said at the beginning of this, we aren't going to assume that you're a bad person or that you're being rude or anything like that. Um, A lot of times it just comes down to the lack of professionalism. But sometimes there are other situations like family emergencies and, you know, different things that might cause you to either cancel an interview or not show up to your first day. But just. I wanted to ask you from a recruiter standpoint how you would advise a job seeker to handle some of these situations. So, for instance, if if you do have an emergency situation come up and you either have to cancel an interview or you've decided that you can't start your first day of the job, what would you advise that they do in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's an emergency and if it's just an interview, if you're going on site or if you have a phone interview, I mean, that's definitely much more manageable than if you if it was you reporting to, um, you know, your first day at work. So let's assume it's an interview. So if it's an interview, obviously try to make sure you let your recruiter or the hiring manager know about your situation as soon as possible. Because if you're up front and if you're communicating, chances are they will be understanding, especially if it's an emergency, whether it's work-related or if it's, you know, family or health emergency. So just make sure you communicate as soon as you can because chances are the company will work with you and the interview can be rescheduled, right? Especially if you're giving them a reasonable uh, notice. Now, mm-hmm. not showing mm-hmm. up to work because of an emergency, that's a whole different story. Again, as long as you communicate with the company, like, hey, I have an emergency, something came up, start dates are often negotiable as well. So if you are still interested in the company and you really do want to work for them, but you just can't start at the date that you you already attempted to to start in so just make sure that or to start at so just make sure that how you communicate with the company what's really going on and how much time do you really need to be ready to start a position and again you know most companies are understanding because if they really want to have you on board and if you are the best candidate for the position chances are they will work with you to accommodate your new start date or your availability so, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's just important to communicate, and all of these matters can be resolved, you know, if, if all parties are communicating directly and effectively. 
Yep, that's good advice. Now, that's in an emergency situation. What if you just plain change your mind and you've not interviewed with the company before? I, maybe some candidates don't consider that ghosting because they think, well, I've never met the person anyway, so there's not a lot of commitment there. But would you still give them advice on what to do if they've not, if they've just changed their mind prior to having the interview? Yeah, I mean, I would say same thing. Just keep in mind, like we said earlier, that, yeah, you changed your mind on the position right now, but this position might be, you know, a good option for you down the road if you ever find yourself in a position where you need to look for new employment. So, again, you can just be upfront with a company and be clear about why you want to back out of the interview. Just give them um, some time, advance notice, and explain, you know, what is it about the opportunity? Is it the location? Is it the industry that's not um, that's not right or wouldn't work for your career preferences? And, you know, again, maybe some of these things can change. So if you think that the location is not right for you, well, that we cannot change. But if it's the job title itself or if it's the salary that's not in the right price range that you're looking for, communicate with your recruiter, and that's something me as a, as a recruiter with Orion, we do on a daily basis. You know, it's my mm -hmm. job to make sure we communicate because sometimes we know some things that you don't know as a candidate. So I wouldn't just avoid the interview and just blow it off, but instead make sure you communicate with the recruiter and the hiring manager about why you don't think this is the right fit for you. And maybe some of these factors can change and that could turn into your, your dream job. Yeah, definitely. I think especially if it, if you're transitioning out of the military and it's your first job, there are so many unknowns that you don't want to be so quick to write something off, especially in this topic that we're covering right now with ghosting. If you do decide to write something off, just based on the limited knowledge that you have of it, or maybe you don't think it's a good fit, that's fine, but still be be very communicative so that people know why you're turning it down and that you don't just turn into the ghost candidate that nobody wants to work with down the road. Absolutely. And I mean, I'll tell you, there's a, now that we're talking about this, you know, and, and not reporting to work, there's an example that just hit me where we actually placed a candidate with um, a really great company in the Northeast and um, the candidate accepted the position and he was supposed to report to work two months later after he accepted the position. And then we hear from the hiring manager that the candidate never showed up to work. And I remember the hiring manager was genuinely concerned. He just wanted to make sure that that person was okay. So, you know, we tried to contact him and, you know, the manager tried to contact him. And then eventually, you know, a few weeks later, we found out that the candidate was um, dealing with health issues and just, oh, wow. you know, couldn't communicate and couldn't report to work. Um, now, anyhow, the hiring manager then, all, you know, they knew that the candidate is dealing with some issues and they were, you know, able to work things out. But these things happen. And, you know, again, the candidate just wasn't, I don't know if he wasn't able to communicate or what the case may be. But once we were able to establish communications and, you know, once we were able to get involved, um, you know, obviously, hopefully things are headed to the right direction. But it comes down to communication. You know, that's that's the most important thing. You know, you can only you can only resolve an issue or you can only um, you know, choose the best outcome for you or the best career for you if you feel like, you know, you you communicated with all with all the parties involved, you know, directly and, and openly. So 
anyhow, mm-hmm. but that's a situation where the company did all the right things and the candidates did all the right things, but it was just a matter of a health issue. And then again, we were only able to to connect the dots when we communicated. Well, and that's that's a good outcome for both parties because I'm sure a lot of times it doesn't work that way. A lot of companies, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of companies don't necessarily have the same respect toward candidates because historically it kind of has been a company market where now it's a candidate market and we have a little bit, as job seekers, a little bit more flexibility in what type of offers to accept and who to interview with. So I think companies sometimes would say, oh, well, they're lost and kind of move on. So that sounds like a good outcome to where you were able to talk to both and both were still interested and wanted to pursue that opportunity. Just, you know, kind of what we talked about earlier, there was just an emergency that didn't allow for it to happen in the time frame that was supposed to. Right, right. And there's another situation, actually, it's a, um, again, it just occurred to me, there was a really great candidate that we had great, um, you know, communications with and, you know, he was actively looking for a position. He's an able officer. And, and then all of a sudden, we couldn't get in touch. Um, and then, you know, after weeks of, of no contact, we actually heard from his father, where he reported to us that um, he has his own cell phone and that his son got in a really bad uh, car accident. And he's just dealing with the recovery process right now. So again, at first, we assumed that, hey, this is just ghosting. That's That's just you know, the new, the, the new trend, but it turned out that the person was actually dealing with some um, major health issues. So at any rate, you know, again, and we were able to, you know, hopefully now once, once he's um, recovered, you know, we'll be able to work with him again um, once he's ready. But mm-hmm. what the point is, no matter what, if you maintain good communications, and I feel like I am repeating myself here, but the value of communications, again, is really important. And I can't stress this out because, again, when you ghost, when you disappear, you're pretty much telling everybody that you've been working with during this process who genuinely cares about your your future career. You're pretty much telling them that you don't value their opinion, you don't value their efforts. But by maintaining communications, and and just being open and honest and professional, you know, you're keeping all these doors open and, and you'll never know, you know, you might need help again, you know, either as a hiring manager yourself or a job seeker again down the road. So uh, that's just the way life works. Well, and what you said is very important too, where you, you do have to communicate with everybody in the process and by ghosting or not showing up to an interview first day of work, um, or really just any of the things we've talked about, you're kind of showing an overall disregard for the time that people have put into helping you and giving you the opportunity. Just even for you, Nora, obviously as a recruiter, you it's your job, but you're also passionate about helping former military candidates find their dream civilian careers. But how would you, you obviously are not going to feel Um, passionate probably about helping somebody who when you work hard with them to get their resume updated for each interview and work to prepare them for the interviews with each specific company and then they don't show up it's not to say that you won't work with them next time but I mean it's just professional courtesy and you're just not going to necessarily feel the same about helping them as you probably would someone who has been very receptive and professional and polite and appreciates your help. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, again, it comes down to professionalism. You know, I will definitely be here to help you if you respect my time and, you know, and, and um, the assistance that we're providing. So I expect the candidate to do the same, you know, take their job search seriously and to be professional at all times. So, you know, again, mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we try to coach candidates on these things. You know, we work with candidates where they try to ghost at first and, you know, then they realize, oh, no, I still need help. And they may come back and they may ask for help again. And, you know, one of the first things and I like to, you know, be upfront with them, you know, first thing I ask them, well, what happened? You know, we haven't heard from you in months. And of course, they admit, you know, that there was a lot of stress and, and that they weren't ready to communicate with all the recruiters, because most candidates don't work with just one recruiter, they utilize a lot of resources. So, you know, that's when you're up front. And, you know, when the candidates explain to me what they were dealing with, then we, we know that we can help. And, you know, we talk about a you know, the right approach. And, you know, most candidates appreciate the advice that we offer because at the end of the day, Orion, you know, we've been doing this for over 25 years. So we've seen a lot, but I would say most of, of military officers and, and veterans in general, they are very professional. So although we see mm -hmm. some signs of ghosting here in our industry, but overall, I think the rates are really low in the veteran community compared to you know, to civilian candidates probably. And again, this is just based on my experience. I haven't seen the research or the statistics, you know, in terms of comparisons, but just based on my experience, you know, I think most military officers and, and veterans in general as, as job seekers are very professional. Well, one thing I wanted to get back to, because you mentioned earlier candidates maybe holding out for a better offer, but still kind of accepting that initial offer so that they had a safety net. So as a recruiter, would you would you advise them to just not accept the offer so that they don't put themselves in the position to later ghost? Or how would you, I guess, what advice would you give to kind of get around that in terms of, and maybe your advice is just don't accept a position if you don't intend to start the job. Exactly. I mean, for me, I wouldn't accept a position. Do not accept a position unless you know that this is where you want to be. I wouldn't just accept yeah. the position as just a safety net. So if your intent is to accept the position and to continue to look for other roles, then you know that, that this position is not right for you. So instead of accepting a position and kind of giving a company false hope, just think about the consequences. I mean, obviously, if you end up taking another position, Think about the consequences first on you, obviously, if, if you back out of that job after maybe, you know, accepting the position or after starting on the job a few, you know, months, um, uh, you know, after a month or two, A, it's not going to look good on your resume if you start the job mm -hmm. and if you leave that mm -hmm. early. It's just not going to look professional and you'll be known as a job hopper and nobody wants to be called that term. And then B, you know, you think about the consequences on the company as well. I mean, most companies interview, uh, you know, tens if not hundreds of candidates until you, until they find the right candidate for that role. So think about them having to start all over again, you know, from the beginning, if you decide all of a sudden not to accept that position. So again, I would only accept the position if you knew 100% that this is where you want to be. 
just out of respect for again your your time and your efforts and also for the company but if you felt like this is not exactly where you want to be and not exactly the, the type of position that you were hoping for communicate with the company and, and just be upfront. and I would just tell them hey I'd love to work for the company but I'm not sure if this is the right position for me at this time and this way you can keep the door open you know maybe another position will open up down the road that is the right fit for you and you know again since you left a really good impression on the company by being professional and and you know with your exceptional communication skills you might be considered for again that dream job that you were hoping for Mm -hmm. that's good to keep in mind and i think one of the really positive takeaways from this topic and even from what you just said about a company typically they're going to interview at 10 20 50 they could be interviewing tons of people for this one opening if you are selected as the person that they want to have on their team and they see that potential in you, that's great. I mean, that's a good feeling for any job seeker. And so I think that alone should give you the motivation to know, okay, is this the right position for me? If it's not, be respectful enough to let them know that, you know, I really appreciate that you've taken all of the time and the investment that you've made in me this isn't necessarily right for me at the time, but I do appreciate it. Just to show them that you were committed to the job process. Maybe that position was not right for you, but you know, regardless, there's no ill will, there's no ghosting going on. So that at least they know that if potentially you were they were going to come back to you in the future or you were going to go back to them, then it could work out. But at least you're kind of leaving the lines of communication open. And like I said earlier, it's do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If you don't want companies ghosting you, then you should not do it to them in turn. Absolutely. No, 100% agree. You make some really good points. So, you know, I think really it comes down to what is just maintaining good communications and, and being professional and honest because that's what companies are looking for besides experience. You know, they want to work with mm-hmm. good people. Because you're going to just pretty much go out and disappear that just tells them that there's something that's missing so you know nobody wants to be known that way especially as a professional yeah and so you've given a couple of examples about candidates that have ghosted employers but do you have any examples of employers that have ghosted candidates and if so is there any advice that you give to a candidate who's been ghosted you know, what I would say, I don't know if I would call it ghosting from an employer's standpoint, and maybe it is, but, you know, it is not uncommon for hiring managers or HR reps, you know, to take time. Uh, so sometimes, you know, a candidate may apply for a position or we may send a candidate for a position and then it, you know, it may take a week or two or even months for the hiring manager to come back and decide to interview that candidate. So, you know, obviously, one one thing to keep in mind is that in this market right now with the unemployment rate, you know, candidates don't sit on the market that long. So if it takes a hiring manager that long to connect with a candidate, chances are that by that time they speak to that person, that person is already has a lot of opportunities to choose from. So what I advise companies is to really Make sure you, if you look at a resume and if it looks like a promising resume to talk to that candidate right away early on in the process because you're going to make a good impression. And of course, you know, your competition will be less. Uh, but the longer you wait and the longer you wait to contact those candidates, you know, by the time you get to them, you know, again, 
your chances of being ghosted will definitely increase because you waited long in the game. And now they have a lot of options to choose from. But mm-hmm. again, that's where Ryan can come in and help. You know, obviously we understand that a lot of corporate recruiters and, you know, a lot of hiring managers have a lot to do. And that's where we can come in as a third party recruiting firm and we can streamline that process. That's when we can come in and, and help out and, you know, facilitate the communications and help streamline the the process where both companies and candidates don't feel like they're being ghosted. Uh, so again, that's that's the value that we definitely add. That's a great point, Nora. I was actually going to bring that up when when I heard kind of your response about the employer ghosting is that I do think one of the benefits of working with Orion or another third-party recruiting firm is that even if you have a feeling you're being ghosted by an employer, chances are you're not. It's just their process. Maybe it's too long. It has too many steps involved. Maybe there's a lot of other people in play. So at least if they're not communicating that with you, if you're working with Orion, that is going to be communicated with you. So you're not really going to feel like you're being left to hang there and wonder what's going on. Um, That process is definitely streamlined. And at least you are in the loop, even if it's not from the person that you interviewed with or someone from the company, but at least your Orion recruiter or account manager, whomever you're working with, is going to let you know that information. Absolutely. Yep. Very good. Well, Nora, I appreciate so much you bringing your expertise back to the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to say to wrap this up? Well, you know, thank you so much, of course, for taking the time to speak with me, Megan. I mean, you know a lot about this topic as well. It's very impressive because you know a lot about everything. So what I'd like to say, you know, <laughs> for, for candidates, just, you know, my last piece of advice, you know, just again, you know, it's, it's a healthy market to be looking for employment and, um, you know, just, just use this market for, um, you know, your advantage and just, you know, enjoy the job search process. The job search process should not be stressful. So if you feel like, you know, you're being stressed out about pressure from companies or having too many, um, you know, job offers to choose from, you should actually celebrate because this is a healthy market. And if you ever feel overwhelmed or, you know, if you just need help during this process, you know, when you make your final decision, just remember that recruiters here, especially at Orion, we have your best interest and we're, we're here to talk to you and we're not going to ghost you. So that's it. I'll leave it at that. Very good. Thank you, Nora. Thank you so much, Megan. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.